Alright, so we are back again. So I think this is maybe episode four or five. I'm actually not sure. I don't have my Anchor podcast episode counter opened up. But today, a little bit different of a lineup. We are going straight into the guest appearance section. So please welcome John Redeker for the first time in the uh, AHS Fantasy Football Podcast history. John, how's it going? It's going, man. This is a family-friendly podcast, right? We can't swear or talk you, about anything. You can do whatever you would like. We can do whatever we like. I'd actually like to kick it off then. By, <laughs> would you mind reading my team name off yes. the fantasy homepage, please? I literally saw this maybe five seconds before you. I, I looked over to my monitor, and I see, hi, Spotify, we talking baby cocks. Yep, that's right. Hi, Spotify, <laughs> we talking baby cocks. So I do have full editing. We're testing. This week is partially a test to see how good Spotify's algo is to see if they can uh, cut us up. We're also going to be playing a bunch of uh, copyrighted music at the end of this podcast. I'm really just trying to dive the ratings. So we'll see I what mean, we if, can do. If we get demonetized, I will be so mad. I will be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you load up the, uh, the podcast, podcast like anchor system which is what mm-hmm. i use to like upload it it's always like you've made and then it like loads and it's like zero dollars this <laughs> month i'm like i don't need to know like thanks God but no damn thanks. It, crystal still gotta keep the day job <laughs> yeah God, son of a bitch um all right so we are going into week 10 to afford to send no. Stella to that posh ass grooming school thing grooming no school? never <laughs> no never <laughs> she stays home for good um so we're leaving, leading into week 10 here. Um, week 9, it was a pretty nice week. Who did you play last week? Do you remember? Is that is that like a, a facetious question of yours? No, you no. Like, I, you... I actually don't. I didn't even look to see who you played. I looked to see who I, I played. played. I played Team ALS. Um, <laughs> because McKinnon is clearly like anti-ice bucket challenge. He's the opposite direction. <laughs> He's rooting for ALS and beating me in fantasy football with a shitty, shitty lineup, and it was a terrible week. So I thought you were being, I thought you were being facetious there, but yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. Now that I look back, that that's pretty brutal. One hundred one to ninety six, and I mean Allen's team. Now, what's amazing for Allen is that he basically gets. This is like a fucking free pass. This is like a you do stop at go, you do collect two hundred because he. I mean, is he getting another win this year? Probably not. Probably no. not. However, now he's one game up on Yanni and Insty, who is now two and two and seven or whatever he is. So, I mean, Allen could this could keep him out of last place permanently. We'll see. I mean, maybe he'll get one one win, two win down the road. I don't know. But yikes. Yeah, it's not that it's, it's not that it's, bad. I I do think that the the latter half of the league is kind of a race to the bottom right now, and I definitely thought Allen was leading it prior to this week. Same. Um, but to be honest. I think we already have, and we can talk about this later. We probably already have our playoff team set. I think there's a couple of teams that are in that latter half that are clearly better. Specifically, I know uh, PB shout out NC's team, but I think NC's team is a lot better than his two and seven record. Um, <laughs> fall flat with a 70 point pooper last <laughs> week, and let's uh, lead potentially. You know, start heading towards playoff contention, which is obviously super important for his team. But what's wild to me is now we're looking at a couple of teams here between between Yanni and Allen that I just I mean, I think we have to set up an official like poop bowl this year. 
like the the same week as maybe the the fantasy championship we should maybe make them play each other i don't know if we can set that up yeah you know i think it, in the past maybe two years ago i did bring that up as a possibility because i don't like i don't like when you have just a general schedule and then the worst you know the team in last um well, you know, get the punishment or whatever. I I like it almost like a, a round robin tournament, you know. Yeah. Like, but the issue is it has to be like a reverse tournament. So in reality, Correct. what it would be is you, you win and you're out. Yeah. So basically, it's the consolation bracket. Like, yeah, you win and you're out, and that's good. You, like, you want to be out. So it would be tough to do. I think you can do it on ESPN or sorry on Yahoo. I'm pretty sure, but that would be a lot of fun. I, I think that if we were able to actually institute a punishment that we followed through with, which probably never will which is honestly okay it's not the worst thing in the world but what what we could do what we could do is we could have let's say the first week of the playoffs we have every everyone that's not in the playoffs still play right and then you take the teams the two teams that score the lowest amount and then in the semis week you have them play even if you can't set them up head to head and that's the loser but you could have the people in the losers bracket determine the punishment sure that way they're kind of setting up for their own shit yeah, they have to determine it before the the tournament starts. So, you know, if if they're like Alan, who's like, "Wow, my team fucking sucks," he's like, "Um, right. the punishment is, you know, whatever, not something like stupid." Whereas, like, you know, let's say I make it to the to the consolation prize, I'm like, "Dog, you gotta like, I don't know, do something really bad." So you're in a yeah. Waffle House for 24 hours, like that's <laughs> that's your life now. So you have to see how many baskets of unlimited mozzarella sticks you can eat from Applebee's. <laughs> In a three-hour period, and if it's oh less God. than ten, you have to try again the next night. <laughs> the next hour, oh God. It, it never ends. All right, so we had a couple of segments set up here, um, so we're just gonna just start right off the bat. I feel like you wanted to start with this because you probably assume the conversation would devolve to this at some point in time. So if you want to start off with your uh, your first segment here, yeah, let, let's talk about Justin Fields. Um, here's what I can't do as a bears fan. I can't grade him for like future projections because far too many of my hopes dreams are tied to this man. Right. Um, and I, by the way, it's not a coincidence, Nick, who's the last person to name to wear the Jersey number one for the Chicago bears prior to Justin Fields. And the numbers not wait, it's not a coincidence. Um, I don't, I don't know who it was. It's Cody Parkey. With the double doink game. Oh no! Oh no! So that that precedent, like I thought about that when he he grabs the number one jersey. I'm like, huh? We're really trying to turn the tide here. I like. It. But here's the thing. As as a kid, if you asked me at any point, like growing up, John, who who are you least likely to see win a championship out of your sports teams in your lifetime? The obvious answer is the Chicago Cubs. Now, as I'm turning 30 this year. The obvious answer is the Chicago Bears, mostly because I, I think the Bulls will pull something off in my lifetime. They're just too key of a major market franchise for the NBA. And in my lifetime, I mean, we already had Jordan in those championships, but I was kind of young, so I don't know if I really count them because I have like three hazy memories of like being at like my dad's friend's house and a bunch of beer being passed around and me being confused and the Utah yeah. Jazz having a really good game. <laughs> and that's kind of all I remember. But so the, the clear answer here is the Chicago Bears, and, and they have been such bad, the Cassies have been such bad owners that I don't know if I get there. And now me and most of Chicago Bears fans are, are so hitched 
like our wagons to Justin Fields that it's a little bit nightmarish because you talk about the Bears and you tear them down as a team and you kind of want to throw everything away but Justin <laughs> Fields, right? I mean, I think so. Well, I think so, yeah. For the most part, I, th- I think that there's still there's still some pieces that are currently tangential to the to the major like any success that they do see. So I think that there there is this isn't a total like Miami Dolphins situation where it's like, wow, we tried again and we still failed. Like how did this happen? But yeah, I, I do so, agree that it's, it's it might be a, a, again just a a re tear down. So let's go. Let's 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 talk about the Bears for a second because that's what everybody wants to rip on me for, and I'm here for that. I'm the villain. Okay, <laughs> I know I'm a little bit of the villain in this league. I get the first round pick every year, and I'm a Bears fan. Okay, that's my job in this league. I'm the villain. I own it. Let's talk a little bit about the Bears before we jump right into Justin Fields. And I wondered if you were going to bring up some other stuff from Monday night's game, but I don't want to go there. We have to go there, but let's talk about this a little bit. I am all in on the Bills offensive coordinator, DeBall, being the head coach of the Chicago Bears next year. I I am so convinced that Matt Nagy is the black spot on the hand of the Chicago Bears that I don't think this team – gets an iota better until Matt Nagy is gone. I just don't know how you believe in an organization where Matt Nagy and his bullshit is is coaching your team. Did you hear his uh, his post game last week where he, uh, he he talks about he's trying to like pump up um, Justin Fields after the game, talking about the progress that he made, how good he looked against the Steelers. And he has this line where he's like, yeah, you know, there's a few moments from this game um, that I like to point out, I like to call him Justin's special plays. And he said <laughs> oh this unironically, God. like the man is in a dark place in life, just of his own accord. I, I don't think there's any way that the Bears pull themselves out of a middling record with, with this man as coach. And I'm tired of it. I think most Bears fans are tired of it. Um, the defense has fallen apart. I think there's a chance that they could bring back Vic Fangio now that it looks like the Broncos are going to, fall apart and he'll get fired from that job and maybe oh yeah 100 coordinator but outside of that i just think this is a team that you you need a rebuild you you need a rebuild at, at this point and um you, you got the guy that's going to make everybody still watch the games in the poo poo years right so give me give me two years of bullshit bears but justin fields running around and slinging it downfield to darnell mooney and make me believe that we're doing a rebuild but but don't keep spoon feeding me shitty records and Matt Nagy like bubble screens and making me watch that and have no hope for the future. Yeah, and Matt, I mean, what was it two weeks ago when Nagy was did, did he have COVID? Is that what it was? And he was on the sideline uh, and the Bears put up their best worse. game in three years almost. You would say. Yeah. Um. When uh, is it Bill Lazor who's the offensive coordinator? Um. Yeah. With with Bill Lazor calling the plays, he doesn't call the plays. Nagy calls the plays, but he did that week. Um. I, I hadn't heard, is Brian Dable one of the people, I, th- I believe it's his first name, Brian, of the yeah, Bills? Yeah, Brian Dable. By the way, my tagline now is, give me the ball. <laughs> give me the ball. Is, is that like a rumored thing? I haven't heard that one yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's, it's being floated around by Bears fans, which means it's not gotcha. going to happen. It's, yeah, 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 that's true. That's true, but I I would wholeheartedly agree. I think that, and sadly, coming up later, I, I just guess I'll just spoil it right now in one of the next segments. My question was, if the Bears win 
60% of their games this year and Fields starts to look okay and the defense looks okay. You know, I'm not saying anything will happen, but do you think that there's a world where there is no coaching change? Because I like it hasn't happened yet, which is amazing. You know, like at this point in time, it must just be a situation where there's nobody else in the market right now. Why mix it up right now? But at the same time, I mean, Nagy has been just atrocious. It's been an absolute slog. So do you think that there's a situation where maybe he sticks around for another year? Like, is that even a possibility? I don't know. Here's the thing. I think so often in sports, you have to have your front office set in order to set a team up for championships. When there's too much shuffling around in management, it's really hard for the team to focus. Um, I think it's going to take either Pace getting fired and setting up a new, a whole new house, whoever takes that job, or it's going to take Nagy getting fired and quote unquote, you know, the whole show of, you know, the bears got their guy coming in and maybe someone like Brian Vall coming in and taking that job, but it's going to take, like you, you can't have management being a house of cards and expect your team to perform because every guy is like, I mean, already look at some of the stuff that's going on on field right now. Like um, it's more than likely that Allen Robinson is going to leave this year. Right. Because I, I don't see a world where we throw the franchise tag on him a second year in a row. No, I don't think so. Performance this year. And I think that leaves us to a point where, okay, now we're really weak at wide receiver going into next year. And, you know, that's supposed to be our thing. So I don't know, maybe we're able to get someone like Godwin in the off season because of the flash of Justin Fields, but I doubt it. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I think there is a world where Matt Nagy is the coach of the bears next year, but it would have to be something where it was very much a, it was very much put into everyone's purview that Matt Nagy is merely the placeholder while we build the team around fields and then we'll get our guy when the right guy becomes available. If he's just keeping the seat warm, I think you can make people believe in that. But then at that point, like stop letting Matt Nagy run off with his crazy schemes. Like someone from the front office needs to say, Hey man, fuck off with these bubble screens. Let's start actually having our offensive coordinator call plays. And I don't know. Yeah, that, that and that's that's where it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because if they really didn't believe in Matt Nagy, but they just didn't want to fire him just to save face, then I mean, how do they know if Bill Lazor is a good coach or not? So if they're not planning on yeah. firing him, then why wouldn't you the the GM or the owner just come in and say, okay, Nagy, you're not calling plays anymore? I mean, obviously this is wildly obvious. Nagy will at no point in time say, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't call the plays because right. that's his last grasp at staying Correct. relevant in the NFL. So that will literally never happen. So I guess, and I, I know what you mean. The owner, you know, or the the owners, the family, the McCaskies aren't. They're not going to do anything. And I think the the scary part there is you can say, well, it's still what, uh, what's the what's the uh, matriarch's name, um, Glenda. The hell is her oh, name? Oh, McCaskey. Uh, yeah, the the, the lady who's still alive. I believe she's still alive. I know that people say, well, when she passes on, the team will move into a different set of hands, but it's already in a different set of hands. Like the decisions you've been seeing made in the last five or six years have been the sons. You know, so it yeah. hasn't been her, anyways. So that's a little bit of a of a bummer, to be honest. But who knows? Maybe the maybe the you know the aura around the team will change by then. But we'll have to see. So. Yeah. 
We'll, we'll see. Let's let's go back to Justin Fields, though. Now that we've kind of touched on the Bears, and we should touch on the Corrente call and all that bullshit that happened on Monday night. Um, but the thing that I want to say with Justin Fields is, like, he has shown progress every week. Um, his box scores continue to be terrible, but a lot of that's, like, garbage time throws and stuff like that. He had a really good drive near the end of the game with the Steelers, against the Steelers. Um, and I got to say that my favorite thing about the kid so far is he's not playing within himself, and I still have nightmares watching, like thinking about the the years watching Trubisky play so within himself that it was painful, never making a throw downfield, never using his legs to run out of the pocket. Um, Fields is going for it. I think of even that play against the Packers where he thought that he had a free play, and so he slings it Mm -hmm. to Allen Robinson, and it ended up being wrong, and it ended up being an interception, but at least the kid has the guts to go for it on something like that. you know, you know why that that wasn't even his fault. You actually know why that happened, right? Uh, Nagy did admit. Nagy, in because I mean he's in his in his ear at the line. He was yelling in his ear that they were offsides, but you they didn't weren't. Have to tell me this. Now I'm even more mad at Nagy. I know. So it wasn't even Fields' fault. It, he, it, he wasn't even involved. Basically, he was getting the call from the sideline saying, "Step the ball, step the ball." Like they're yeah. you know they're offsides, and so yeah, that's I mean. But then, I mean, I would say that should make you even more confident because obviously Fields, you know, basically should have no fault in that situation. So, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's absolutely progressed. I mean, I, I have nothing against Justin Fields. I didn't like Trubisky only because I thought the pick was absurd. I thought, I mean, what a bizarre situation. I, I just, you know, I thought it was so out of control that he would, that you guys would trade up for him. And he had one year at North Carolina where he looked average it was just kind of like the daniel jones daniel jones situation it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me but the fields pick i like it it was a good pick i, I like the kid he seems like he's you know going in the right direction i mean not that i want to see that from a, as a packer fan but i don't know at some point in time it is kind of frustrating when you hit the lions and the and the bears just floundering um yeah. it makes it more fun you know i don't really want to see chad heading out there when we play the bears it's just fucking brutal or whoever i don't even know who the third stringer is now but god damn no more two two things floated in my mind one is a question for you that we should probably wrap up this segment with but the other is what popped in my head just a second ago while we were talking about matt Nagy is i remembered that he was an arena football league guy and now i'm desperately trying to google to see if in that old arena football league game that ea sports made at the height of madden (laughs) matt Nagy is in that game i i don't know that game was made in 2006 he could be. He absolutely he could, could be. be. I don't know. I don't know how old Nagy is. Like forty? Is he like forty-three or something like that? Is that? Am I like way off base? I actually have no I, I don't, idea. I don't think so. I think he's in his forties. But what I don't know is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long. He's forty-three. Football. Goddamn. All right. I'll leave it to you. All right. Here's here's the question we should wrap up this segment with. Yeah. Agreed. What's your ceiling for Justin Fields as a Packers fan? Take take off your like super Homer hat of like you know give it a little bit of like an objective feel here but what's your projection or your ceiling for him i would say i would say his ceiling and as somebody who saw this player as a good player and i know that this isn't always a consensus i would say like dante culpepper like a guy who makes a lot of good throws makes a lot of good runs and never actually hit his ceiling now he didn't have like general success as far as when you're looking at did this player take their team and win a championship? But that's not really, you know, you can't really judge a quarterback on that. I mean, 
that's kind of like me saying Aaron Rodgers is only mediocre because he only has one Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It's not, not really how I would judge it. I think that Justin Fields has a very high ceiling. Honestly, I do. I, I mean, we haven't seen anywhere near enough to, to tell what the situation is, but I like what I've seen. Um, and I, I don't think some of the comparisons I hear, I don't, I don't like a lot of them. I think that he's got a better, maybe even closer to a slightly more mobile, slightly worse pocket passer, Ben Roethlisberger, something along those lines, you know, three, four years into his career where he's not running as much, but that's kind of where I see him having a ceiling. Will he make it there? I don't know. He could end up being an RG3 and have three years of, you know, above average play, and then all of a sudden, you know, people kind of figure him out, or he kind of figures himself out a little bit, and it's just, you know, it was a flash in the pan. So, who knows? I don't know. If we can get anywhere near Donovan Culpepper, I'll take it. I mean, even to just have – there's a reason why Bears fans look upon the Jay Cutler years fondly in some ways. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, we had a guy that could throw more than 20 touchdown passes a year? Like, there, there is a – like, if, if I can get to a point where I can have a, a pass or even sniff 30 touchdown passes in a season, like, hell yeah, sign me up. But Yeah, agreed. We'll All right, so – Let's hop on to the next one here, and I'm going to go out of order a little bit with what we had talked about. But Good. So we're going to have a quick three-section three segment, and you can interject with something if you would like here. But So I'm going to call this one lukewarm takes. They're not like hot takes. I think hot takes are fucking obnoxious, mm-hmm. but they're also not like super cold either. So I like you. I'll read off one take at a time. I've got three here. And I want you to buy or sell whether or not you think that this is a possibility and maybe just give some thoughts on it. So let's go. So the first one, I think in 2022, and these are both NFL and fantasy questions, if that makes sense, you know, a little bit of both. So in 2022, so the next draft, I don't think we're going to have a consensus number one overall pick. I think that between Jordan Taylor, CMC, Derrick Henry, and even Najee, or Najee, sorry, in in half PPR or full PPR, I don't think, I think if they're in four leagues, you might see four different number one picks. Um, however, that's not how it ever works. So I'm curious what you, if you would buy or sell that notion. I'm, I'm, I'm buying the idea of it, but I'm selling, I'm, I'm selling overall. I'm selling. Okay. And here's why at some point in the off season, something will happen that stirs the pot and someone will be the, like the, the cream to rise. Right. Because it happens every year where across Yahoo ESPN, there's always one guy that comes out as the clear, like this is the guy right and i think there was a point last season where i don't know like last Devin the, Cook, entire, maybe. the entirety of last season would you have said that cmc is the number one next year no yeah exactly and then that's why it's it's interesting at this point in time in the season to look at it and be like well why would why should he have been the number one now i get it he had an absolute absolutely extraordinary year outside of his injuries but at this point in time of the year, how could you, even in week 16 or week 17, it's, I, I feel like you're right. Things happening in the off season, but this year I feel I, to me, I don't, I don't know who I would pick of those four. Number one, overall, I, I have no idea to be honest. Yeah. It, it, it's going to change in so much. Who knows? You know, the, the Steelers could bring in another guy that all of a sudden we're hearing rumors about. And then Najee's not the sure thing. I, I, I don't know. It could be anything. Yeah. I just good point. think that at some point it'll, yeah. So I'm selling that one. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so number two. I think Cooper Cup will continue to be the wide receiver one on the season. Just and Let's just pretend he does. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, he's 
very far ahead. So yep. I, I believe he will be the number one wide receiver if he doesn't get hurt. So barring injury, I think that the number one wide receiver in fantasy, if it is Cooper Cup, will go in the third round. Do you Would you buy or sell that? Yeah, the thing is, I think people are going to start to buy into the fact that even he he's definitely injury prone. We've definitely seen him miss substantial time over the last couple of seasons. Um, but at the same time, the dude produces no matter who's throwing to him. Um, and obviously Stafford is an upgrade for the Rams, but if Stafford stays healthy, it's hard to not want to take Cooper cup in the third or fourth round next year, or maybe even the second, but I'm with you. I I think there's too many guys that have a higher ceiling than Cooper cup. And so, yeah, you're right. Probably third, fourth round. I'll buy that one. Yeah, cool. I I would agree. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thought, but I guess who knows how that'll shake out by the end of the end of the season. Um, so the third one I have, and I guess we just touched on this, but I mean, buy or sell, do you think Nagy gets fired in the season or after the season um, from today? So from week 10 on before the season's done or, you know, in the off season? Yeah. I mean, or like, is he driving himself into the airport at the end of like week 18? And like, is that the kind of situation I'll, where he just I'll knows? I'll drive to the fucking airport now. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll build some. I will go to Chicago right now, pick him up. <laughs> And drive him to the airport and give him a hundred dollars and a bottle of whatever his favorite booze is for the ride. I listen. It, it has to happen. I think for the entirety of the Bears, like to not be frustrated, the guy has to go. I know I said that earlier that there's a chance that he stays, but I really hope there isn't. So I'm absolutely buying that. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it there. We don't need to delve more into how much I hate Matt Nagy. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's not even like a whether you like her or not. That's more of like a projection on what you think the team might do. You know? Did you put Did you put money this year on first coach fired? No, I didn't. No, I always get burned on that one. I just said fuck it because I and I, we would have gotten it wrong because it was um, it was it Gruden. Was Gruden, right? Is the only one? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I know some sports books did not end up honoring that bet. Um, That's because crap. because you know he would have been fired after this anyway. Exactly. On. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I did I didn't put any money on it. No, I I keep looking at it every once in a while, but it's nothing really. I don't know. There's a couple. Vance Joseph, I think that definitely could be. Um, or sorry, uh, Vic Fangio or Vance Joseph. Yeah, Vic Fangio. Sorry, he was their the, the Broncos' last coach. I think Fangio is probably on the chopping block too. But they. I think, just... he, I think he's on the chopping block. The one that everybody else was pointing to was um. Holy cow! I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Florida and then Ohio State guy. That's now the Jaguars. Oh, Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, for Jesus sure. Christ! I'm glad I forgot Urban Meyer's name. I hope yeah. every day can be as beautiful as the day that I forgot Urban <laughs> Meyer's name. Never again, sadly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. All right. So my fourth, and this one is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more broad. But currently, right now, uh, Jalen Hurts, at least in our league, I don't, I don't know if our uh, QB scoring is different than most leagues. I don't think so. But Jalen Hurts is currently the quarterback four on the year. I believe last year he was quarterback 10, and he only started about half the games, yeah. I think. Um, do you think that Jalen Hurts will be the Eagles starting quarterback next year, or will he <laughs> be fantasy relevant? I was so excited to give you my hot take because I thought this question was going to go another direction. And my hot take was going to be this. So I guess this is a perfectly lukewarm take for this segment. So I'm buying that. I, I think that Jalen Hurts is not an NFL quarterback, and I don't think he starts next year for the for the Eagles. I think um, he is a completely mediocre NFL quarterback, and I think he turns out fantasy stats because of his legs, 
Yep. Um, which is great. But even right now, if we're redrafting midseason, I'm not taking him. There's 10 other guys I take before Hurts. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. If I can get him with like my, I, I never draft two quarterbacks, but if I, you know, if he was sitting there at the back of the 14th, I would take him. But yeah, I don't, I don't think, I mean, the Eagles will have three first round draft picks next year. And one of those could be, I mean, their own could end up being pretty good, but they also have the, um, the Colts, which I believe is currently number 12, I think is the 12th pick. And then I, they have what the dolphins or something, something along those lines. I can't remember who, who else does they have, but yeah, they have three first round draft picks. I don't think he's their quarterback next year, but next year's quarterback draft class is shaping up to be absolutely terrible comparatively. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, that was the last one I had actually for, for buy or sell. Um, awesome. so th- those are pretty interesting. I think that we mostly agree. I think that the one we probably don't agree on because there is no answer is just, will there be a consensus consensus number one overall pick? And like you said, there always is. So that's yeah, what's interesting we, about it. We should circle back, bookmark that one for sure. I'd, I'd love to follow up on that. Yeah. Yeah. For next year, see kind of how that goes. Um, all right. So let's get into a few AHS fancy bros, highs and lows. Yeah. Let's um, do it. Just looking over the the standings right now, really the only big change was PB taking that top spot at eight and one. He, I mean, he was head to head against Ryan, so obviously somebody had to come out on top. Um, a few things just just for conversation's sake that I, my takeaways of looking at the current standings. Casey currently has no money left on his wage, waiver budget. Now I only have nine dollars left, so he has no dollars left. So my assumption is that you know there's there's still a few more transactions to be made. That's something that maybe we can take advantage of him for. I can't because I only have $9 left, but that's an interesting, uh, interesting note. There. There's a few people with 90 plus dollars as well. So yeah. And Ryan, Ryan and I both and, and James, um, who's in third place now, um, James has $89 left. And so yeah, let's say lot. that there's, I mean, I think Madison is rostered right now, right? Oh but, yeah. It's gotta be. Um, I think Kura has him, but, there's, there's probably going to be a time this season where a starting running back goes down. And if that happens, James can throw the book. He can throw all 89 of his dollars um, for that backup. And, yeah, no, you know, nobody that, else can. That, that, yeah. could, that could end up being a league winner. So. Yeah. And that's kind, of the, that's kind of the risk that you take with fab budgets. Do you, do you want to just hold on to it and maybe get a guy for the end of the year? Um, or like me, my team was injury riddled all year. So I'm just every week cycling through fucking garbage after garbage after garbage. And now 35 transactions later, I have $9. So <laughs> go back, go back two years ago and Kura won the league because he held on to enough fat budget. That's true. Because yeah, he did. He faced me in the championship game and, um, uh, Todd Gurley sat out that yep. week 15 16 yep he did and then um kura grabbed uh who was it was it was it daryl henderson or no no no, no it no, wasn't no. um Maybe. it wasn't cam? Who, no he was cam makers was, was drafted last year so he would it would have been cam makers but yeah it was somebody a backup there right um and kura started him and bent me over and maybe malcolm brown he used to be there brown. We'll, we'll look it up later yeah, we'll, we'll put it. Can we put that in the show notes? In the show, yeah. We got, we put it in the guy, show right? notes. Let's put yeah, that yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, his name's uh, Wick Nyand. He's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I just want to. I mean, Kura and Ryan. I saw. I saw. I mean, just absolute fucking fuel on the fire. 
I mean, Hura's team has been just decimated. It's just brutal. I can't. I honestly can't believe it. And then I saw today that um, you know his team, his team name, Zerling Point USA. Greg Zerling is now on the COVID nineteen list. I mean, it's you incredible. literally can't make this it's shit really up. It's really full circle. It really is. Oh my god, you can't make this up. It's so bad. Like I, I'm sorry, Kura. You, you didn't deserve this. So, um, and Yanni, way, Yanni neither. Yanni has not. He did not. Granted, Yanni still has 99 fab dollars left. So there's something to be said about that. But at the same time, just the the abject like scarcity of a close or a, a you know a long-winded win or loss is hasn't happened. By the way, quick uh, quick interjection there on anti-vax guys. And I know you've heard the story, but I want I want to tell the rest of the league this and. You know, this is one of the time where I actually have primary sources on NFL guys. But as some of you know, as, as some of you know, Kirk Cousins is from uh, my college town, Holland, Michigan. Um, and my buddy works. Uh, he's a chef at a, a very high-end steakhouse um, in Saugatuck, just south of Holland. And Kirk still has his home there. And so Kirk on his bye week went to uh, Bodie's Chop House out in Saugatuck. Shout out. Um, and... I, I love that this is getting leaked on Spotify and no one listens to this podcast, but um, on a $250 plus bill, Kirk Cousins tipped, <laughs> tipped $15. I can't fucking believe that. Plus bill. Kirk Cousins tipped $15. The entire staff was like giddy. So super excited to serve him, you know, big smiles on making sure he got a perfect steak. And yeah, you can imagine their reaction. So fuck that guy. Fuck him for wasting everybody's time with all this. Fuck him for endangering his his teammates' uh, health. Yeah, so. well, and I don't know if you saw. I mean, this was, I, think, I believe this news broke maybe five minutes before we hopped on. One of the Vikings offensive linemen is, was hospitalized today, and he is in the ICU from COVID. And he, I mean, he is vaccinated, but the assumption is he caught it from somebody on the team. So he's currently in the ICU, and the coach, like Zimmer said, he's not doing very well. Now, I'm sure he'll end up being fine just because, you know, the nature of how these things go. But, you know, that's just a few sure on the Kirk fire. Cousins, I'm sure Kirk Cousins in the town of Holland will get a prayer prayer circle together. Him and his wife, <laughs> Julian, all will be well. I think you're probably right, yeah. He'll be fine. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. That's just what an absurd story. But regardless, one of my favorite quotes from the offseason was Kirk going – or when Kirk says, I will do everything in my power to make sure that we fight this virus. And the, the beat reporter goes, what about getting vaccinated? And then he goes, I will do everything in my yeah. power. It's, and it's amazing how good stairs. these guys are at politics. I mean, same thing with yeah. Rogers and his, like, I'm immune, oh, yeah. immunized, right? I'm immunized, like, that yeah. is incredible wordplay. Yeah, and honestly, the crazy part is if he had never gotten COVID, we never would have known. We never would have no. known. No, we Even when. Assumed. And you would you would think you might say, well, what if another player got it? Well, Lazard got it the week, or Adams got it, and we, you know, it didn't it didn't come out. The close contact reports didn't like allude to anything, which they sometimes can. So, anyways, did, did I share with you guys that what's a uh, secret life of the American teenager? What's her name? Uh, the fiance to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, Shaylee Woodley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that thing about how she's like a naturalist with medicine and everything? Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, whatever. Do, but you, even you, she, do you, but... even she's vaccinated is what's coming uh, out because apparently really? she's been on set with so many things that require vaccination. So even his fiance, who like eats clay, like <laughs> is vaccinated. Oh my god. 
Holy shit. Well, yeah. Immunized, John. She's immunized. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Alright, let's let's take it back. So I don't really have any you know, there's there's been some bad beats this year. I think the worst beat is probably Yanni losing this week by point two points. I mean normally I wouldn't say that. I think there's probably been closer losses, but it's been week after week of this. I can't I mean it's just beat down after beat down, so R. I. P. I mean we we can do a little segment if you want on um you know who are we chopping off of this list as who's just out you know it's tough to yeah. say like can, would you say Insty is out I mean I would I don't want to but he's two and seven he can't lose another game really so Insty's out because even yeah. even if he even if his team I mean what's crazy is like you know I love um that PB shouted this out but Insty is fourth right now with points scored. Yep. Um, and obviously his team's had some crazy up and downs um, with only scoring 70 last week. It's a bit of a roller coaster, but even if he finds consistency, it, it's going to be so hard to win out. So I think he's out. Yanni's for sure out. Um, I don't think McKinnon gets more than one more win uh, just <laughs> off of someone falling flat. And so realistically, the, the interesting thing will be Kura has been a master the last few seasons of putting together these like you know, cobbled together teams <laughs> yeah. with waiver wire pickups. And the guy still has $45 in fab, so who knows? I could see him going on like a 3-4 win streak and finding himself back in contention. Uh, the three-loss streak is pretty bad, but um, I think 8, 9, and 10 are out. We have our, our seven remaining survivors here. Yeah, and I I don't know where Kura gets his fantasy info from. I feel like I listen to a decent amount of fantasy content when I walk to the gym or when I'm at the gym or when I walk around the city. So usually I consume like two or three podcasts, that, you know, whether they have one episode a week or four. Um, but like Kura is always zigging or he's always zigging when I'm trying to zag. Like yeah, I, he takes it full circle. I don't know where the fuck he gets it from. Maybe he's just I, I a think he's tapped into the deepest darkest darkest circles of the internet. I think yeah, he's he has, gotta be. I think he has like this Discord server that requires like a blood sacrifice that he's in <laughs> on, and they're just pumping him with the info, like waiver wire pickups, and it's you know it's working. It's working for him. It's gotta be somebody like way down there. Even things like strategy on pickups. Like I feel like I try and, I mean some of the podcasts I listen to like. You know they're not super popular. I'm like, God damn, he's always like one step ahead. I don't just don't understand. Even when I'm like, Oh, I got this. Then you know, my guy doesn't pan out, and his guy I picked up for two dollars hits. I'm like, God fucking damn, it's some bitch. It's some deep dark Discord server. I'd just gotta be what it. it is. Yeah, I'm sure. It is. Casey, sure give it us is. give us a wink or some sort of like you know silent confirmation in our text chat if that's true. Yeah, blink twice if you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't... Anyway. Um, so any any other further takes from the from the uh, standings you see here? I mean, I don't, I don't see too much. Well, well, let's let's look at the the matchups this week. So this we, week, yeah, yeah, let's do let's it. See, we ten matchups. So I play James. Currently, he is supposed to outscore me by thirty points. I just feel like that's not true. I just don't I just don't agree with that assessment of the situation. He is projected for one thirty. I'm projected for one hundred. I'm just not agreeing with that at all um now my team is in shambles i will admit that but this seems like i'm being targeted or something i don't i don't agree with this so um projections are wonky i actually do think that james has a really strong team this oh week. same same 30 um, it just, it just feels thir- like I'm 30 30 is wild i think that's gonna be close um i think pb 
deserves not that big. I, I don't know if Rob <laughs> hasn't set his lineup yet. He hasn't. He hasn't, no. Um, he still has Jordan Love in there. I do think PB has the strongest roster right now, which, again, if, if, if Kura's going to pull together something, it's got to be now. Um, I actually think that, like, looking at teams right now, I think Insty probably has the third or fourth strongest team right now going into this week, which, I mean, I'm kind of scared of because I'm playing them. There's a real chance that Insty beats me and I fall to – to even five and five and then all of a sudden i'm you know in a in a mosh pit with with uh you know uh kura for for the bottom of the the playoff entrance so who knows yeah i do think that nc team took a big hit with chase chase Edmonds is, is most likely going on ir he was injured in the first play of the game r.i.p i think he had three rushing yards and he got uh high ankle sprain so i think that does hurt his team because looking at it he does not have a back running back. So, I mean, until Kareem Hunt comes back, who, I mean, he was RB4 when right. he went out. So, um, he's going to have to roll out Jamal Williams. Or, no, that's Javante. So, never mind. He's fine. <laughs> Jay Williams. Come on. Come on, <laughs> Yahoo. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, Jamal. That's not great. But, nope, Javante. So, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's a chance there. But, um, yeah, I, I think the NC team is, is looking really strong. Leeds team looks good, too, honestly. But, um, my new sleeper, and at this point in time, it's not a sleeper, is James. I mean, he's, <laughs> this seems really fucking good. James' team's right there. It really is. And now, now he's got, what, five wins? Yeah. James' team's had five wins, and he's probably the third or fourth strongest team. Yeah, and he's got on his bench DJ Moore, Marquis Hollywood-Brown. I mean, what the fuck? That's crazy. I mean, that's not even a, uh, a bye week situation. That's just a my other players are better situation. So that team is looking really good. I respect that. Uh, he had some good late round picks. James Robinson, obviously, with Travis ETN going down, we didn't really know how yeah. that was going to be. Let's let's jump into that. So I had a couple of highs and lows that I picked out for the season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's jump into that. Any let let's just go team by team here. Um, so we can we can go in order of standing. So so PB obviously rocking it. Um, I have a clear like high for him coming out of the draft. Do you have anything that's notable that's in your mind? Yeah, I mean, high is in like the best pick, or high is in just like best, a... best thing that he's done to to set himself up. Hundred percent was Michael Pitt- Pittman Jr. Yeah, I mean, round eleven me, draft pick. That just was crazy, an incredible yeah. round eleven. So yep, yeah, we're in agreement there. Uh, Ryan. Um, let me see if I had one for him. I did not have one for Ryan. I think he's just had a stable, steady team. Do you have anything yeah. that sticks out for you? I would definitely say, and now this hasn't been the case the last like three weeks, but Emmanuel Sanders, who, I mean, weeks three, let's see, week three, 23 points, week four, 10, week five, 18, week six, 12. And I believe he started him those weeks. That was a waiver pickup. That was a $15 waiver pickup for him. So yeah. I think that was a, that was really a solid hit. And honestly, I don't know where he draft him. Oh my fucking God. He got Najee in the second round. That's yeah, crazy. That was that a really good pick. Huge. I mean, I don't know it's, where Najee's it, sitting right now, but especially going good. back to draft rankings. I don't think a ton of people had <laughs> Najee in like a first 15 picks. So no, I, I don't he, think so. No. So he's RB six right now. Yeah. Yep. Wow. All right. Who's next on here? Uh, Javes. There we go. Javes, anything stick out for you? Let me see. Not necessarily. I mean, Daryl Henderson does yeah. now. I'm all for giving people credit. We didn't. I mean, I had no idea how that pick would pan out. I actually was kind of low on it 
to be honest. Um, but respect for Javes for, for picking that out. Or maybe he just auto-drafted it. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. But nice pick, yeah, Javes. That was clutch. Um, next is me. Uh, I have one for me. I think I got really lucky grabbing Jamar Chase in the eighth round. Oh, that yeah. That was a great super pick. Super clutch for me. I mean, um, you'll pick you'll keep him next year, and that'll be a you know, a good fourth round pick. So, right. and I'll probably have the first round pick again. So yeah, oh that's very true. That's, yep, that's true. Villain of the league. Unbelievable. Hi Spotify. We talking baby cocks. <laughs> um, next is is your team. Yeah, next is my team. I don't even I don't even know anymore. I, I because... have a clear high for you. I have a clear yeah. high for you. For six dollars, you picked up Cordell Patterson. True, that's very true. Here's here's the one issue though with this situation. So, when my team was healthy, I wasn't starting him. I haven't even like started him because I had I was playing Joe Mixon, I was playing Chris Carson, I was playing Nick Chubb, I was playing Adam Thielen. Now I did play him for Robert Woods, but I was doing this some dumb shit in my head. You know, I I. I psyched myself out, played Corey Davis one time, I played Kadarius Tony one time. I named my team after Kadarius Tony and went out there and got me negative points. Like, motherfucker, I can't believe this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say that, but at the same time, I mean, I think I started on like four times maybe out of nine weeks or eight weeks to hit a bye. So, yeah, I suppose. We'll see how that Fair. goes. Lead. I have two for lead. Two for lead. All right, let yeah. me... You, you want the positive or the negative? You can take the other half. Okay, you can go with the positive. There's there is a negative, obviously, but there's the clear negative. We can we can talk about. Well, go ahead. I mean, that has to be his unfortunate keeping Ridley with his first round, right? Yes, and that's not Lee's fault, obviously. Who would have right. known that that situation would have uh, would have come out? But yeah, that's that's the unfortunate situation there. The my my positive for Lee is um, was Metcalf a keeper with the seventh round? Um, I believe he he was, yeah. And remember, Lead actually auto drafted, right? Yeah, he did. So, and he, he kept, right. about, I think he kept five players. I, I believe he kept Metcalf, Damian Harris, um, Calvin yeah, Ridley. Yeah, I think he had maybe one or two other players. So he did end up auto drafting. So I mean, I don't think every pick was an auto draft. The ones he did auto draft turned out to be pretty good. So I respect that. Yeah. Uh, Kura. Kura, Wisconsin. Kura. Oh, I have man. a clear positive here. Yeah, what is that? In the 13th round, he grabbed Waddle. Oh, yeah. Okay, there he is on the bench. Yeah, that's true. That'll be a good keeper for next year. I, I like that. Definitely. And I think Devon, Devonta Smith, I don't know if he grabbed him off waivers. No, 11th round. And so Kura, he's been... His strategy the last two years has been rookies, and it did not really pan out. Even the year when he won the championship, I believe he drafted rookies, rookies but he dropped them all because they were all bad. And this year, I can tell, he tried to get away from it, but <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing Waddle. Uh, I don't know who else he yeah, – maybe that, that was the only one, actually. Yeah, maybe it was the only one. So that Waddle, one worked Waddle out Waddle was around nine is going to be great for him next year. Yeah, I agree. Team Anti-Ice Bucket Challenge ALS. <laughs> I would have to say Dallas Goddard is a huge plus for this team. Where did he draft him? Let's see. Tenth round? That's big, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he got lucky that Ertz got traded, but that's going to be big for him. Insty. The, the one that stands out to me for Insty is, um, and, and we kind of already touched on it, but it turns out that grabbing Cooper Cup in round four and ignoring his injury history was a great move. 
Yeah, it was. And, I mean, who knows if Stafford had been – maybe Stafford goes to the Rams and he'd be, he's a worse quarterback. You know, who knows? That's – I wasn't willing to – I don't even think I wanted him. I think he kind of had were you not, to do that draft. Were, were you not sold on, on Stafford being an upgrade over Goff? Uh, oh, I was definitely sold on Stafford being an upgrade, but I just didn't exactly know how that would translate to fantasy points. Like, I sure. wasn't really sure. The reason Cooper Cup feasted was because Jared Goff was bad and he, you know, basically hit him on the same play four times a game. Right. Um I wasn't Stafford, really sure. Stafford's always used his, his slot guys. He he has, but, but the last like four or five years, I mean, it, there hasn't been anybody of like serious fancy like for in the fourth round. I don't know. I I wasn't super excited about it, and I I was excited about like Woods, because um, Woods reminds me of a lot of the guys Stafford had played with, and that's why I drafted him. But obviously, I I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think Javante Williams was an interesting pick because. It's one of those picks that's tough because looking at his roster, looking at NC's roster, he doesn't want to start him. You don't want to start him. However, he's putting up points. Like he is a good asset for the ninth round, but also like when it, I mean now he's gonna to have to start him because of the injuries. But it's kind of a tough situation when when you have those guys who you're like, ugh, he's putting up points, but like I don't really I don't really want to start him. Like you can't drop him, you know. Fair. So, kind of weird. Last one, Yanni. And I know Yanni auto-drafted, but there is a shining poo-poo platter. Wait, did, did he auto-draft? I don't remember. I thought it was just lead. <laughs> Yanni, he better have auto-drafted <laughs> this one that I'm thinking of. Because in round six, my man, Yanni Harris, drafted the Washington football team's defense. <laughs> okay, that had to be auto-drafted. <laughs> that had to be. How did you even find that? Did you go to the draft? Oh, my I, I God. I went to draft results, and I looked through, and I was looking at Yanni trying to find, you know, all right, where's this kid got some gold? And no, just that absolute dump on round six. That's got – oh, my God. That So, yeah, Yanni must have – he must have auto-drafted that because he probably would have made that pick. But now that I, I think about it, too. No, and I – I, th- I think he must have had a keeper in there somewhere because what probably happened is, and this is an issue on ESPN, which, thing. yeah, where you have to draft each position and then it auto drafts whatever you don't have. We we had that right. issue in our other league on ESPN as well. So um, I will also say, and I was burned by this in two other leagues. So Yanni's not alone. The Mike Davis pick. I mean, dude sure. has been fucking. Tra- Did, do you know what his line was in the last game for rushing? Nine carries. Don't. 13 yards like are you fucking Incredible. kidding me Incredible. i believe he had one reception for like six yards and that was it like what a bust i don't even yeah. fucking believe it the the uh the buccaneers haven't had that big of a bust since uh like cadillac williams There's or a name. or the sorry falcons cadillac the, williams uh, holy shit yeah sorry no it's okay well yeah i just really wanted to name track cadillac williams because i remember like being so excited to pick him up i anyway. forgot about him yeah Oh man, he was good for one season though. I think I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I don't Maybe not even though. Know. Maybe he wasn't. Like, I could be misremembering. No, but... these these were the days of like, man, there were so many years from like 2006 to 2011 where there were like three bell cow crazy dominant running backs. Maybe four each year. Like early in those years, you had like a Clinton Portis, and then obviously you had like Anthony Peterson. Um, but like you just get fucked because it'd be like 2006, 2007. And you'd take, you know, you'd get the fourth or fifth pick, and you'd be stuck with Edger and James, who gets half the points. <laughs> yeah, I know. Big guys. It's like the it's like the baseball Otani thing. It's some, like I remember even. Yeah. Um, I don't remember somebody in our league brought this up in a group chat, and I mean, I was like, 
not in agreement, but maybe somebody else was that like, I believe, I believe it was 2016 when Gurley was just, I think he set the record for like fantasy point score per game. Um, not, it's not fair for total games because obviously we play a lot more games now and this year we play even more. But um, I remember somebody brought up maybe like making, like omitting him from the draft because it was too many points. It's like, well, that's just how it goes. Uh, it's like the Otani thing at baseball. Like yeah. how can you have a, like most fantasy baseball rosters, Otani is two players. He's a pitcher and a hitter because having both of those stats makes him literally God. unbeatable. Yeah. Like unbeatable. Yeah. So um, who was the chiefs running back? I mean, why am I blanking on his name? Who was close, close Clinton Portis? Yeah, he was, I mean, he was literally like, I think he currently owns the title for the most, uh, the, the best um, yards per carry in history. Um, oh my God. Um, the fact that oh, I can't remember really his name is absurd. He, I know. Hold on. Let me watch this. I'm going to Google like 2008 top running backs and his name will be there. No, that's still Clinton Portis. <laughs> 2000, <laughs> 2010. <laughs> Jamal Charles. God damn it. Yeah. That was the name. Yeah, I believe he still owns the uh, highest yards per carry. You know who's actually number two all time is Nick Chubb. Um, and even really? more interestingly, number five all time, Aaron Jones. Obviously, this is over X amount of carry attempts, but that's pretty crazy. Like, shout out Aaron Jones. That's legit. Like, Aaron Jones is ahead of Gale Sayers for yards per carry. Not, not that I'm saying anything about that. Gale Sayers actually only played for, like, five seasons. But um, Also, I was thinking of Larry Johnson for some reason. Oh, Larry Johnson. In my head. Oh, yeah, true. But... All right, so I think we should probably wrap it up pretty soon. I didn't, uh, I forgot yeah. to touch on. So you're, so like a little life recap. So you're, you're in Grand Rapids with your wife Emma. You just got a dog, etc. Right. You can just elaborate so people know what's up. Yeah, pretty much. We're we're still in Grand Rapids. We've had a house here for a few years. Um, we just got a puppy. Her name is Kona. Um, she is a Bernadoodle. We love her. She'll probably be about seventy pounds, but she's pretty pretty little right now. Only ten weeks old. Um, we're, we're, we're in the process of, she's pretty well crate trained at this point. Um, and I taught her sit over the last few days. So that's kind of where we're at. Hell yeah. Um, currently, by the way, we bought her, we bought her so many toys. Okay. Like I'm on Amazon and I'm just clicking buy like boom, boom, boom on, on dog toys. Right. I'm just like, slow down. I'm like, I can't, I'm going to spoil the shit out of this dog. Um, we, we give her her first bath and she finds her favorite toy bar none. Okay. Nothing, nothing that like, not her alligator, not her duck, not her, like, and, and none of her toys matter except the, um, the drain plug for the bathroom. (laughs) That is her favorite toy. And if the bathroom door is open, she will run into the bathroom, pop in the tub, grab, grab the drain plug. And it has like a little like metal chain on it. And she, she just runs around with that happy as can be. So that's, that's where we're at right now with Kona. I know it's so frustrating. Sells her toys bottles. It's like, oh, we bought you this twenty-seven dollar toy, and you play with a fucking Gatorade bottle. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, All god right. damn it. I have a surprise segment for you, and this is okay. important to me because Hell yeah. you, I basically convinced you to join another fantasy football league because of your your well known and well noted man crush, Josh Allen. Yes, that's very true. So my question for you is this. All right, well, first off, are you higher on him from a fantasy standpoint or just like his NFL prospects as a future uh, franchise QB? I think – I mean, both, honestly. I think that he's a big fucking guy. Like, he is very large. And so you see guys like Kyler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, longitudinally and uh, latitudinally. Um, it's not even a word, but regardless, horizontally. Yeah, there we go. Um, he's a big guy, and he, but he's more mobile than he should be for his size. And you see a guy like Kyler, who the last two years, or maybe even three years, I don't remember, he ran so much. I mean, he had like over a thousand rushing yards. And now you're seeing, I mean, he's a small guy. He got beat up the last two years. This year, I think he has like 100 and some, 200 and some rushing yards. Like, Josh Allen doesn't have the ceiling that Kyler has for rushing, but he has way higher ceiling for passing. So it's a situation where even six years down the road, he's going to get 40 to 50 rushing yards a game. And even if he gets 30 some games, whatever, I don't, I don't really care because that just helps with the overall. I mean, that basically, if you extrapolate that over three games, I mean, that's basically having another QB1 for two and a half to three games on your team. So I, I love Josh Allen. I think he's a, he's a good dude. He's a fun guy to watch. And, I mean, I've also just fallen into him, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I inherited that team with the keeper of Josh Allen. And then in my Dynasty League, in, or I have like an actual like full Dynasty League, I also inherited him like five years ago. Like or like whenever he was drafted, I inherited him off some shitty team that when I when I joined the league. So I've fallen into him, but also like I won't be keeping him in most of these leagues. So I'm not going to keep him for like a second round pick. So it's a little bit sad, but I'll pay so, up for him. Let, let's play this out, okay? There is a league wide redraft, and you are the first pick. Let's say it's your first round pick, and you're you're the acting GM for the, for the Green Bay Packers, okay? Okay. I'm going to give you some names and you're going to tell me if you take them over Josh Allen. Okay. Joe Burrow. Oh, fuck. Um, no, not yet. Maybe ask me in like six months, maybe, but no. Okay. So that's a no. Trevor Lawrence. Fuck no. I mean, not right okay. now. No. Justin Herbert. So are we redrafting the entire team or just QBs? You're, you're redrafting the entire team. The entire team. You you you're taking a quarterback. You're you're gonna draft a quarterback this round. No quarterbacks have been taken. I I would still take Josh Allen. I think. Yeah. Okay. And and by the way, this is going forward for the future. It's not just for the one season. I know. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. So you're not grabbing you know Brady on the whatever. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson. I would take Josh Allen. That's incredible. I know. Young, I love Josh Allen. MVP ever. I love Kyler that. I know. Murray. I would take Josh Allen. I do it. Mahomes. I would take Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's even with his struggles right now. I mean, that's 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 too far. It's too far for me. So, so is it fair to say that there is one quarterback in the entire league that you would start a franchise over, or that you would start a franchise with over Josh Allen? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, you pretty much went through all of the 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 top end guys, and I also, I mean, I will say when you say start the franchise over. One of the reasons why I would choose Josh Allen or maybe Herbert is only because of the Green Bay offense. Like, the way that they the Green Bay offense is run, those two guys are the closest thing. And now, obviously, we're losing all of our players. However, we're not losing our coaches, necessarily. So, sure. those two guys would fit slot into what we currently do, which works for us. Like, I, the idea of, like, Lamar Jackson coming to Green Bay and fucking, like... You know, Lafleur trying to to mangle that situation. I mean, I love Lafleur, but like, I'm not. I don't think that he could manage that in a successful way. So that's kind of why I, I would I see Josh Allen as like the perfect fit. I mean, he, if you think about the way that he plays his game too, 
he honestly kind of plays like Aaron Rodgers did. Like, Aaron Rodgers used to rush a lot, and he still actually does a fair amount. I mean, he's old as fuck now, but back when he was 25, 26, he would rack up 30, 40, 50, 60 rushing, rushing yards a game, and that's just kind of how he plays. So, I love Josh Allen. I mean, Justin Herbert, I would definitely, he's, you know, 1B for me, um, with Incredible. probably Ky- Kyler coming in third, personally. So Incredible. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I think that you can probably mix and match those guys in whatever way you want. So I will not be drafting Josh Allen next year, though. So RIP. <laughs> maybe somebody. Yeah, maybe if he he pops up in the third round, maybe I will. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll the, war- see. The, the warning lights go off at that point. Yeah. All right. So we can wrap it up here. Definitely gonna be the longest pod, but that's a good thing. So I'm not. I have no yeah. complaints there. This was fun, um, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think we got some good fancy info out there. Um, I believe, what is next week? I actually don't know if I'm going to do a pod next week. We'll see. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'll have some stuff to catch up on. Um, But yeah, awesome. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we will wrap this up here. You bet. You can play the outro. I want some outro music over this. Like, just put outro music over me rambling about there needing to be outro music. Can we make that happen? 100%. 100%. 100%. I can do that. I'll make sure it's not copyright friendly. No, no, no. It has to be the worst thing that you can find on YouTube. Like, like free music. Free music for your podcast. Like, literally search that, and the first shitty thing that comes up, plug that in over me, Ram. That's it. <laughs> okay. I'll see what I can do as editor-in-chief of this podcast. All right, get we're Wick, out. Get Wick Nyan done. All right. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. All right, bye.